Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. We are a show for men, by men, and we talk about things from a man's perspective. I am Chad Russell, the co-host. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And uh, we are a show that have been on the air now. Coming up on, can you believe it's been almost two years now? It's crazy, isn't it? Depending on when you hear this, we tape this and it airs later. But uh, we've been on the air for almost two years now. And for those of you who are listening on purpose, we are greatly appreciative of you doing that. And uh, we know there's some ladies listen to, that's fine. And But we primarily are, are talking to guys from a guy's perspective. And we talk about all kinds of different topics. And uh, if you're listening for the very first time, thank you for listening. Hopefully this won't be your last. And if you want to hear any of our past shows, you can go to our Facebook page. You can go to iTunes or you can go to SoundCloud.com. And you just type in Solid Steps Radio and you'll hear uh, almost 100 different episodes of 100 different topics on uh, anything from family to marriage to money to business to leadership. Uh, we've had a couple sex ones, which is always uh, fun. Those uh, are our favorites. Yeah. We have one of our guys is already waving his hands in here in the, in the studio. <laughs> I think he was trying to land a plane, or he was very excited. I'm not sure which. So anyway, so today's topic, we are talking about, uh, and everyone who's listening to this, no matter who you are, no matter what socioeconomic class you fall in, you know someone who is affected by today's topic. And uh, I was reading an article on Psychology Today, and uh, it says, I'm going to read verbatim from the article, it says, past statistics have shown that in the U.S., 50% of first marriages, 67% of second, and 73% of third marriages end in divorce. Now, I don't know how accurate those numbers are, but they're probably pretty close, and they're telling a story. And the story is that uh, as someone gets remarried, uh, things are going up against them. And when they start going into the second and to the third marriages, apparently they have even more challenges uh, as they progress or regress, possibly, depending on how you look at it. So we're not talking about divorce today, but we are talking about blended families and what that means and what it looks like. And right now, someone is probably out there listening going, I know exactly someone who is in a blended family. And uh, today, we've got four guys in here, including Kurt and three other guests, who are have had blended families, some of them by tragedy and some of well, It's all tragic, but I'm just saying that some circumstances may be divorce or death. But either way, uh, they're a blended family. And we're talking today to guys on how you survive the um, the uh, navigating through the the journey of being in a blended family. You know, Chad. Ten years ago, Nancy and I have talked about this. Now, my my second wife, we like it was this, this whole blended family wasn't even on our radar. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know she had been married to Rory for twenty plus years, and Chris and I had been together for twenty plus years, and then all of a sudden you come together, and uh, this whole blended family thing really it 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 it's. Uh, it's, it's a very predominant in our culture, whether it is through death or divorce. And so we're going to talk about that today. And we got three guys who are experts. Um, they have great experience. And, and uh, so, Ken, you, you are the, you're the, you're the chief expert in all this whole thing. You've been doing blended family for how long? 27 years. 27 years. You've been married to Nancy? Yep. Your second marriage. And you got how many kids? We have seven kids and 16, 17 grandkids and... Six great-grandkids. You're not that old, dude. Well, you know. 
<laughs> I was wise enough to marry an older woman. Ah, and there yes, we Nancy, are. Yes, Nancy, you are a cougar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she readily admits that, so I can Oh, just... that's good, brother. Okay. Oh, that's fun. So Ken and Nancy Martin, and uh, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. So uh, Todd Hansen, yes, uh, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, you and Heather. Uh, now, the, when you guys uh, got together, was it how long ago? It's been ten years. Past July third. Ten years. Yes, sir. And so your kid situation. Tell us about that. So uh, we both brought a a child into the into the marriage. Uh, Heather, she has a nineteen year old, and I adopted her a, a year after we were married. And then we also, I have a, a 17 year old that we've brought in, that I brought into the marriage as well. And, and they're both girls and they're both awesome. Oh, that's cool. And so you, you've been blending family together for the last 10 years. Oh yeah. Blending, churning, <laughs> you name it, we've been there. <laughs> oh, the excitement. I can see it in your eyes, man. <laughs> Kurt Frank, welcome to the show, brother. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. Kurt, you, uh, you and uh, your bride got married, what is it, three years ago? Uh, be three years in January, Kurt. Very good. And, and so uh, you, uh, you're blended families. Uh, you've got kiddo. I have a 23-year-old from a previous marriage, and Anne-Marie uh, did not bring any children to the marriage. She was not, uh, had not been married before or had any children. Okay. So that's, that, that's kind of a unique thing. Yeah. Um, when you, uh, back to you, Ken, when you were, you met Nancy, she had five, you had two. What were, what were the age differences in the kids? A lot. A lot. (laughs) From where to where? Mine were eight and 10 and hers were, uh, 22 to 30. Wow. So I was 35. And you were 35. Yeah. And I was didn't know the Lord, and we were a you were, horrible mess. You were, and it got worse. And it got worse before it got better. So okay, so um, but then you came to know the Lord. Yes. And you have been really teaching and really communicating blended families now for how many years? Twenty-five years. Twenty-five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, God really has used you in a huge way in the whole Kentuckyana area. Um, to encourage, to enrich, to bless. So we're gonna, we're just going to talk about that, guys. Um, I, I want to zero in on. Um, I never thought of this until I, I did some reading by Ron Deal, who is a real uh, blended families expert with family life and beyond. Uh, but he talks about being an insider and being an outsider. And I'm like, wow, I haven't, haven't really thought of it like that, because he he makes a comment about uh, when a biological family comes together, when the marriage comes together uh, for the first time, there it, it's, it's romance that's driving that. But when a blended family, when a step family comes together, there is brokenness that is the foundation. Um, love is there, but there's something, there's been tragedy, there's been either divorce or death and, and great pain that is uh, a, a, a big piece of that. You guys comment on that? Well, I, I think that that's one of the one of the reasons that ties back into what what Chad was saying earlier, as far as you know the numbers as they they get higher as you know you get into a second marriage or a third marriage, and you have you have barriers of of, of you have you know walls of lack of trust. You have you have um, issues with with you know 
where you you're not secure with yourself and you know the whole you know search for significance and and just you know you're just so many things that so much baggage that you bring into the into the marriage where you know i i was i was divorced you know my my uh heather you know she she had all of her baggage as well and so you have all those things that that just you know cause all these issues and cause all these you know just i guess turmoil that if if you let it that uh can really you know cause a lot of cause a lot of things and and if you're not if you're not in the word if you're not you know spending time in church and you're not spending time in prayer and you're not you know building that relationship around god then it's just going to get worse and that's why you see the the numbers that that chad throughout wow that's uh, i i think it's so true kurt i i you you said um before we started started the show that when you were going to marry Anne marie that uh because of the accountability that you have with these guys throughout the week that was a catalyst for her to say i'm i'm gonna marry this guy absolutely um when Anne marie found out that i had accountability partner that i talked to and met with on a regular basis it was key for her decision i think to marry me um unfortunately i meet uh those statistics that chad was talking about i um am a man of multiple divorces, um, uh, two prior to knowing Christ and one in Christ. And um, I came from a family that had divorce and alcoholic alcoholism, and I kind of had a self-fulfilled prophecy. I said I would never be an alcoholic nor uh, a divorced man, and it happened to me three times. And I wanted to be married. I, I had this desire to be married and a good man and and to be a good husband, but I didn't know how to do it. And um, I met Ken 17 years ago and first met the Lord first and God started showing me how to be a good man and Ken kind of backed that up. And um, I know I would not be in this awesome marriage that God finally blessed me with with Anne Marie unless I had strong accountability. That's, that's a beautiful story. I mean, it, th- th- I mean that's that's you know that's beauty for ashes, um, you know you, you you had ashes but God has turned that into beauty, and you guys have said uh, um, before the show back when we were getting coffee, you how every I mean every guy needs this but even especially a blended family needs this accountability the encouragement support of one another, and not just within men, but the wives together. Talk about that, Ken. I can't tell you how important that is to have accountability as couples. A husband and wife meeting with another husband and wife that are further down the road than than you are, that have been past those thresholds or pitfalls, whatever you want to call them, that life brings you, that can give you the encouragement, to give you the hope because they've been there, done that, and give you the example of, hey, if you do it this way, this is the result. If you choose on going down that path of destruction that you're doing, it's going to lead to ultimately divorce most of the time. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly, and we're going to talk more about blended family, how to survive, and not only just surviving, but how to thrive. And we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. 
And we thank you for listening. And uh, today we are talking about blended families and how to make that work. And one way to make it work is have really good flooring in your house. So if you need some new flooring and you want to keep the family together, you need to go to Carol Rogers Carpet One. Right, Ken? That's the, a good The owner exactly. right next to us. <laughs> Uh, they are the best in Louisville in regards to flooring. And I say that because of the, ex- the experience they have, the quality they have, the service they have. It's a great operation. I've dealt with them professionally before, and they are a very good organization. Also, LNN Credit Union. Thank you for those folks, local lenders who step up and, and help sponsor the show. And also, Bright Star Home Care. If you know anyone who wants to live independently in their home, before they have to make the transition maybe to uh, care somewhere else, Bright Star helps people stay in their homes and make that transition, and that's a great organization as well. So we want to thank those folks for sponsoring our show and partnering up with us. So, okay, so guys, when we're, we're talking about step families, there's this insider perspective, I, and, I, and I think of my own family. When Kristen and I had our four kids, everybody is an insider, and then when she passed, and uh, Nancy's husband passed, and then we connected, all of, we, we, we look at each other, and I look at her, her, her kids, and she looks at my kids, and the kids look at us. But it's not, we're not all insiders. Let's, let's talk about that, because that, I think, is a, uh, they become outsiders. And it's not that they want to be outsiders, but how do we, um, uh, bridge that gap. So let's, talk, uh, you know, Ken, give, give us some thoughts on that. That was one of the most difficult things that Nancy and I went through at first because she kept on saying, I feel like I'm on the outside of the house looking in when your kids are around. Mm. And I thought, what's that all about? I couldn't understand that. And um, then we met with my accountability partner, Jim Calvert, 20-some years ago, and, and him and his wife, Rhonda, they got it because they were down the road another 10 years ahead of us, and they said, Ken, when your kids say, let's go play, and you say, okay, and then you turn your head to Nancy. At first, I used to go play without even saying anything to Nancy, and since I was the super husband, I would say on my way out the door, hey, do you want to come? And that's kind of a second thought. Like, yes. Kind of like, yes. oh. And she said, no, you go ahead. Because she was feeling inside. She was a second thought. Yes. And she really was. But until I made Nancy my first thought, she continued to feel outside looking in. And every time I started practicing making her my first thought, and she realized that she became my first thought. So, so how do you do that? Your kids, you, they want to do something with you. And, and so how, how do you connect so that she's still first? Because that is the priority relationship. The, the crazy thing is our step-parents want to say yes to their stepkids and build relationships with them. But when they're put in the position of the outside looking in, they get resentful. And then they're more likely to say no. When I started saying, okay, kid, you want to go play? Let me go check with Nancy and see what her plans are and I'll let you know. So then I would go to Nancy and say, hey, the kids look want to go play in the park or swim or whatever. And I'd say, what's that look like as far as what you want to do today? And most of the time she would say, no, you go ahead and play, but thanks for coming. And she felt included in, and she knew if she had something to do, 
like the kids didn't make their beds, the kids didn't have dishes that they're supposed to do, the chores aren't done, what's on the list on the refrigerator, just go check and see what's not done. And then they should go play. But she started feeling that I was considering her first. Wow. And she felt like she was brought into the house. How, how long did it take you to learn that? To make her believe it and get really good at it? Yeah. A year. A year. Yep. Where she could really feel that she was on the inside. Todd, what about you? How long do you think it took Heather to feel like she was the first number one priority? When, you, when the kids would ask, how long did it take you? Well, I, I think for me, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. Our journey was a little bit different. I think that um, when, when we got married, God was not the center of our marriage. And I mean, we were, you know, we, we took a, a premarital class through, through our church. We, we actually came from Nebraska. And there wasn't much of a, there wasn't a, really a, a blended perspective. You know, we took it with a bunch of other people that were going to be just regular nuclear marriages. And so we didn't really have the tools. So we, we came to Kentucky and uh, sh- like you know, a, a month after we got married, actually not even a month, came to Kentucky and we didn't know anybody. We, uh, the only people that we knew were uh, my ex-wife and her husband. That was, that was the only people. I mean, that's a whole story for uh, another time. But, that makes uh, for an interesting dinner party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but we were, we just, we didn't have the whole we we didn't find Ken and Nancy and their ministry until later on and and for me as far as you know Heather believing that you know the whole perspective of you know not being an outsider there was all kinds of other dynamics but it it had to be you know I had to she had to build that trust with me mm-hmm. as far as you know be me being the leader and, and some of what you've done through uh, discipleship curriculum and some of what uh, I've learned through Ken and, and just God using those things and some other things that have been in my life, uh, you know, that it was all uh, Heather, you know, believing that that I was, you know, you know, willing to do what it what it takes to to be intentional and, uh, you know, put her first. So in, in essence, she I mean, she wanted to see in you christ in you she wanted to see you lead like jesus she wanted to see you with uh, listening ears you know to to be patient and tender well heather was a leader and she was she's got that a type leadership personality and for her to let go of that it was a wonderful wonderful godly journey that i saw her melt before her husband's leadership role. And she just submitted to Todd over months and you could just see it happening because of him being so intentional, being a godly leader. It's it, when, when we are, when us guys step up to the plate with great servant leadership to mm-hmm. care more and honor one another above ourselves and they see that, what you're saying is they'll submit Amen. O- over time. And that's what happened to Heather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you, but but we still we still have challenges at times where you know we feel like outsiders and I think for me personally I think a lot of the time that is how intentional I'm willing to be and how you know how willing am I to you know die to myself and my my earthly desires and say hey you know I need to get in my uh, 
Mercedes, who is my adopted, you know, I need to get into her world regardless of what's going on. And it's the same thing with, with my wife saying, I need to get into her world regardless of how passive or how, you know, lack of, she, she's not, she's just not really open at times. So just, just, we have to do things regardless of, of, you know, what our feelings are because we're called to that. And, and it starts because of, if, of how, you know, the Lord brought you together, um, but you, you came with brokenness. Exactly. And versus, you know, as we're kind of talking here in the, in the studio, Chad and Jenna, you, you are the only one in, in the studio here that's not a blended family. We're the weird ones. <laughs> yeah. You guys are normal. And so, right. so when You're you, the blessed ones. When you, when you and Jenna started out, yeah. you know, you, you didn't have kids. Right. You didn't have to think about kids. It's just you can work together on this biological family, whereas the rest of us now have had to work through this. Kurt, you were going to say something. Uh, I, I just agreeing with with uh, Todd here about the, the male leadership. When Anne Marie and I started dating, I'm thinking we're not really blended because Cameron's not going to be living with us. He's living uh, on campus at Bible College, and also thinking, well, he knows the Lord. This is all going to work great. Um, but she actually took the lead during our uh, dating and would um, make uh, intentional dinner dates, lunch dates, and things. Uh, which I thought was great. So that kind of, you know, I kind of followed that and thought, well, it's up to her to make this relationship work. And so then we got married and she kind of starts backing off. And, you know, I wasn't stepping up and being the leader, wondering what about it. I just thought they had to fix this themselves. And so she would tell me, um, just like you were reading uh, in that article, I feel like an outsider, Kurt. I can't get into Cameron. And, you know, in one respect, I'm saying, you know, I can't do that. We really need to pray about that. But as well, uh, she said, you know, you got to make this happen, you know, and start being intentional about getting us together and doing dinner dates. So I'm working on that more to do that. But just because he's not living there doesn't mean we're not blended. Uh, We're Mm -hmm. a blended family, whether their kids are at home or not. And so I'm working at uh, doing more to get us together as a family. She felt like, even though they had a good relationship, she still felt like an outsider. Absolutely. And I I was confused because I thought they had such a great relationship. My son is very loving. He loves her. She's very loving, loves him. But she still felt like an outsider, that she can't get into him. That's how the step-parent feels towards the kids. So, wow, that's interesting. We're going to continue to unpack that. We're going to take a break, and uh, that's our second segment. We're going to come back for our third and talk more about surviving and thriving in a blended family on Solid Steps Radio. 